0: Good morning, church. How are you doing? Can I stand here? Come, listen, yeah. It's nice on the pulpit. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm in front. <laughs> uh, we we came here to to say thank you very much. Uh, we we really appreciate your your giving. Uh, most importantly, your prayer. You know, it's because it's a, it's it's a spiritual thing more than just physically. So we, we thank you guys for your prayers, and thank you guys for your money. I want to I wanna, I wanna say this, that we appreciate, we know, and I know in my heart, I believe that your money that you give, it's not because it was there sitting uh, around, you had nothing to do about it. I believe you had that money had commitment, had need to, to go to, you had to buy something, you had to, to go pay some bills, but then you decided to give freely to us, so we really appreciate that, and uh Jesus says, I think in, in the myth, he said, one day uh, this time will come and Jesus will say, I was hungry, you did not feed me, I was, I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. So I want you to know that whatever you did to us, you did it to Jesus. So all glory to him and may the Lord bless you for that. So P.O. is just going to share uh, her journey on, on Monday and the weekend. Thank you.
1: Uh, good morning. Um, my name is Piwa Goshe. Um, the journey for me was—it was lovely. Let me say, um, because in as much as there are some things a person already knows, but I believe sometimes for a person it ends there. One might not understand it. So, in as much as there are some things I already knew, but I got to understand them. Um, there was this topic we we spoke about. It was about the Holy Spirit, and. I did not understand when people said he rather than it. But then I realized that Jesus said, I will not leave you alone, but I will leave you with the Holy Spirit. He will comfort you. And so I got to understand that. And I also understood that whatever the Holy Spirit touches, it changes. And honestly, that... that 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 brought a smile to my face, that whatever the Holy Spirit touches, it changes. One cannot walk in here, be touched by the Holy Spirit, and walk out of here still feeling the same or still being the same person as he was when he walked in here. And um, I also learned about the body of Christ, which was very wonderful, and how to take care of the body of Christ. And that this... Whatever you guys see here is very important in everything. So, I also learned a lot about how to read the Bible. I understood how, how important it is not to just do a, a jumbo mumpo and just say, okay, uh, I'm reading here today. But it's important to understand that there's, there's a way in which you should read the Bible. And not just wake up one day, open the Bible and just say, okay, I'm reading you today because I'm bored. No. And I also learned the importance of prayer. That prayer is like food. You, when, when, when you wake up in the morning, you have breakfast. Same way with prayer. When you wake up, you have a breakfast prayer. Uh, during the day, you have a prayer. It's, it's, not, it's not a religious thing whereby you say, I'm going to wear a long skirt. I'm going to wear clothes that cover my whole body and put a headscarf on my head, go to a private room and pray. But you can even pray when you're walking on the road. I also learned that prayer is not something that you just have to make it a religious something, but it is, it is, it is more spiritual than religious. I also learned the importance of, of, of fellowship. A fellowship. The Bible says it is good when the saints fellowship together. Because I grow when um, Mrs. Ellen worships. I grow when Mr. Ellen preaches. I grow when somebody is standing here sharing the word. I grow spiritually. So I also understood the importance of being together with the other saints. And uh, yeah, it was very nice. <laughs> and the swimming as well was very nice. <laughs>
0: Uh, one more time, a few seconds. I, I forgot this really, really wonderful thing. So uh, on, uh, when was it Saturday night, we had uh, three guys who gave their life to Jesus. For me, this is not a really small thing because these days you don't get much people giving their life to Jesus. It's, it's the matter of transformation. I, it, I don't really look much in the miracles and people falling down, but when someone comes boldly and give their life to Jesus, it's, it's an amazing thing. So thank you so much for your prayers.
2: going to ask Zooks just to come and share a little story with us. It's an exciting story for him. So, Zooks. Hello, everyone.
3: Hello. Um, Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I am going to Deutschland um, at the end of the month, Uh, God willing. It's been something that's been on my heart for quite some time, um, and God uh, you know, has opened opportunities uh, for me to go there, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's up to him how long I'm going to be there for, um, but um, it's, I just have a, a peace about it, and, um, and I trust that um, whatever will be, will be according to God's will. So I have great confidence in that. Um, And just as I was thinking about what I was going to say, actually, I was like, um, a word, a scripture verse came to me, um, Psalm 24, verse 1. It talks about the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Um, So I go with that, that because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, I'm God's and I, I belong to him. I'm a son, and I'm loved very much, and, you know, wherever I am in Germany, God is with me. Um, Germany belongs to him. Every, you know, every square inch of it belongs to him. So, wherever I am there, God is with me, and I trust that he will, everything will go according according to his will, because he's sovereign over all, and I can rest and trust in him. So,
2: yeah, thank you. If we can just ask a few people just to gather around and let's pray for Zuko. The worship team, uh, Greg, yeah, anybody who feels uh, they might even have a word for Zuko, that'll be be great. So if you can record, Jen, just so that we know what's going on. Lord, we thank you for Zuko. We thank you for your life in him and his life in you. And uh, this journey... We all in a journey with you and uh, you take us to different places and we thank you that you go ahead of him and before him and with him and in him and we ask Lord that uh, it would be an amazing adventure, that he would bring the fragrance and the aroma of Jesus to Hamburg and to wherever he travels and wherever he goes around, that he would bring Jesus so we bless you, we bless you, Zuko. In the in the unknown as you not quite sure what happens or what's what's gonna happen, you do know your sovereign God, the God of who who loves you, goes ahead of you and goes before you. So we thank you for that.
4: Zuka, I just have a sense the Lord is saying that you are his and as you were sharing the same thing that that you belong to him. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And in a way there's a light. The light of Jesus in you is going to Hamburg. Going back. Maybe even in a way an answer to prayer of people that have prayed. Uh, when the light was in Germany. The reformation. And that light went out to the rest of the world. And this is an answer to prayer. There's light going back into, into Hamburg. And people will see the The light. And be changed.
5: Psalm twenty-four, verse seven says, Lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Zucca, the Lord has gone ahead of you. Not only is he in your past, not only is he in your present, but the Lord is already ahead of you. And these gates are open. So we speak life right now, Lord God. Right We come against any hindering spirit. We come against any objection. We come against any challenge in his mind. We come against a blockage, Lord God, and we stop it in Jesus' name. For the King of glory has gone in and the gates are open wide. And, Father, we decree right now, Lord God, what has been spoken in heaven. We declare, Lord God, what has been declared in heaven. And we thank you, Father, that no obstruction will come across His path. That you will bless his steps, direct his steps. I thank you, Father, for favor on his left and favor on his right. I thank you, Lord God, for the people that he sits next to on that aeroplane, that you would open his mouth so that he can be a witness to them. I thank you, Father, that he exits that aeroplane, not one bag will be lost. I thank you, Father, that he will... And be there in India and he will accumulate an asset. He will be blessed with wealth. I pray, Lord, that you cause his hands to prosper. I pray, Lord God, that you cause his mouth to flow with gold. I pray, Lord God, that as he speaks life, purity will come out of his mouth and people will be saved. Yes, I declare, Lord God, that this man will be an evangelist sent from this place, declaring, proclaiming the promise of God and salvation will be his fruit. We declare this, Lord God, on his stomach that he will give birth to the things of God. Father, raise up a Samuel from our house. Raise up a man, Lord God, that will go to this country and bring a life in Jesus' name. We prophesy wholeness. We prophesy healness. We prophesy life. We prophesy babies being born. We prophesy marriages being restored. We prophesy dead bodies being raised from the dead. We thank you, Lord God, that the fruit of his lips will be salvation, 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 because the king has gone ahead of him in Jesus' name.
0: Yes.
2: Thank you, Lord.
1: I just had the similar to what Mark was saying, and that was that you're going to go and speak life into dry bones.
3: Yeah. Wow. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I think we're going to have to stop sending uh, people to Germany. Germany must be saved. Okay. So we can send anybody else want to go to Germany. <laughs> yeah. Just having a chat with Amy on the, the, on the weekend and just seeing, uh, her walk with, walk with Jesus and, and singing and leading worship now in German in, uh, in Stuttgart and, uh, being part of a discipleship group and just, uh, bring a light and bring, bringing the word of God. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful privilege. I'm just going to ask Bobby. He's got a story to share, a part of his journey. And uh, uh, when anybody shares a testimony, a story, uh, we need to own it. We need to make, a, make it a part of our, our, our story, our testimony, that uh, we would walk in, in God's favor. So it's not just a good story and we give him a clap at the end. Well, I'm not sure we, get, yeah, we give him a clap. Uh, we, we actually, actually walk it out. The truth that Bobby brings. Bless you, Bob.
4: Morning. Uh, this is a story um, that's embarrassing, I suppose, in a way. Uh, it's a, a, of me trusting God, but really God needs a hand. Of not listening, but God's protection is still on me. Uh, of embarrassment, of wanting vengeance, and then... God's knockout punch, and my struggle with the knockout punch. Um, as you know, I sell the ISO implementation on a commission basis, and God's been good to us, but this year's been tough. And a few weeks ago, I got a phone call from a guy to say, um, my name is, and uh, I met you at the exhibition, and I'm down from Joburg, and we want a whole group to be ISO certified, Can I meet with you? Of course, I was very excited about this, wanted to meet with a guy. And I I said, well, where are you? He said, I'm in Mabini. I said, well, I'm in Shlonga Uh, I'll come across. No, he said, I'm going to a meeting. Phone me back just now. So I phoned him back, and he said, I want to meet you at my house in Chatsworth. I'll be dropped off there, at our house in Chatsworth. Um, uh, And then we can go and have the meeting. And immediately, and that's never happened to me before, I thought, something wrong. This is a setup. I don't know what's wrong. Um, and I phoned Evelyn, which is something I don't do, and I said to her, I'm going to Chatsworth to this meeting. I don't know what it's about. Um, and I struggled a bit with it, and I said, well, I'll go to Chatsworth, and if it's uh, one of those, uh, houses that the government built, I'll drive off. So I get to this house, and he f- keeps phoning me to say, are you alright? Can you find the place? Are you lost? And I get to this huge house with uh, fancy glass, I thought, oh, well this is wealth, you know, can't be wrong so I stop there, I walk up this little driveway steep and he comes out the garage, he says no come, we'll, we'll go off and have some coffee he says let me carry your briefcase because the driveway is like this and with my hip I'm battling and we go off and I said where are we going, now we're going to Glenwood because we're going to meet our regional manager there and as we drive in, uh, I said, "You know, why are we going to the Glenwood? Can't we go?" So I said, "Well, we can go and meet him in um, In Malvern at the at the spur. I'll phone him. He phones the guy. Yeah, okay. I'll see you there." Um, and then he tells me, "I ask him what he's, he's a, a procurement officer for the whole group, a huge group." Uh, and then he says, "Oh, it's my birthday today." I said, "Oh, congratulations." He said, "You know, I'm, I'm having all the regional managers." Uh, to supper, would you like to come and join us, you can meet them all and again, the big stop signs come up you, know, you don't do this and uh, I'm, I'm really troubled so we get to Malvin, the, sp- the spur, he sits down and he faces the door and I start questioning him, I thought I'll be clever, I'll check what he's doing and I ask him all the questions about his company and about ISO and he's knowledgeable, so I'm starting to relax a bit but he keeps looking over my shoulder outside for someone and this worries me again and I thought, no, not not serious so eventually I said, what are you looking for? and I said, I'm looking for the regional manager who's got my briefcase with my wallet and with the ornogram of the company, etc anyway he we, says, we, we, my birthday um, it's 3 o'clock, let's have a beer so I said, okay never scare me for a beer as you guys will know <laughs> Uh, and, uh, next minute the phone rings. Oh, that's serious. Oh, gee, what's wrong? He says, oh, let me ask Bob. He said, my regional manager's had an accident and he can't get you. Do you mind taking me back to Chathrith? Again, you know, I'm starting to think, I'm being set up. This is really a, a set up. But, you know, he, he's got this huge company with all these, Z- Namibia, Zambia, and I'm just thinking dollars. So, <laughs> I said, okay. So, I said, well, I'll pay for the beers. We pay for the beers. And, he, and then he gets another phone call. Oh, oh, I haven't got my wallet with me. He says, Bob, can you lend me 200 rand? I'll give it to you tonight at dinner. I'm going, oh, Bob, yeah." Uh, and he's, but he's looking around and we get in the car and I'm muttering now because I know. So I take him to uh, 300 rand, sorry. So I said, yeah, I'm giving the 300 rand, but I'm sure I've been conned, yeah. So I give it to him. He said, see you at, uh, uh, I, I said, where's the restaurant? In Kloof, olive and oil, Topo. He knows the olive and oil. He knows everything there. Um, and all the regional managers, see you there. Bring your wife. I go home. I find him and I said, I've been conned. We go home and at 6 o'clock I SMS him And Oliver the world, where are you? No reply So now I'm a little bit uh, uptight about that I've been conned Um, And I eventually uh, send him an SMS And I said, you're a con artist God will have his vengeance on him But that night when I got into bed I was angry And I thought I'm going to get a hold of Andrew Tomorrow I want Andrew to come with me because I'm going to look for this guy And I'm going to have vengeance And so eventually I went to sleep But angry uh, to have vengeance on him the Next morning I wake up And in my quiet time I read this book by Jonathan Kahn And this was the reading I'll read the story and then the knockout punch The un- Uncaused Cause do you remember when we spoke of the necessity of the uncaused cause? God? Yes, said the teacher. And what does it mean that God is the uncaused cause? It means that nothing is the cause of his existence, but he came, but he is the cause of all existence. Yes. And what else is he? His love. God is love. Put it together. If God is love and God is uncaused, then love is uncaused. Love, pure, absolute, divine love is uncaused. It exists as God exists of its own and understanding that it means, that this means it can change your life. How? It's one thing to believe God's love when you believe you've given him cause and reason to love you. But it's something else entirely when you've given him no cause and no reason. But love needs no cause or reason. And God needs no reason to love you. He loves you because he is and because love is. You can't cause God to love you any more than you could cause God himself. Love loves without cause except for the cause of love. So in your darkest pit, in your most unworthy, undeserving, sinful and ungodly state, when you've given God absolutely no cause or reason to love you, He will love you still. And it is then, when you receive that uncaused love, that amazing grace, that He will change your life and allow you to manifest the miracle to others. How? When others give you no cause or reason to love them, and yet you love them anyway, you manifest in the miracle. When you love the unloving and the unlovable, you manifest in the miracle of his uncaused love. Then love is not only uncaused, but the uncaused cause. Yes, he said, so love is what is that which needs no reason, but gives reason to all things. So when you receive God's love, then there's no reason for God's love or for you to receive it. Then the love of God will give reason to your life. For it is the love of God without cause that makes no sense, that once received causes our lives to make sense. For God is the uncaused cause, and God is love, so the uncaused cause is love. The mission, today make it your aim to receive the love of God with no reason or cause. And others the same way, with no reason or cause. And then the knockout punch was Luke 6, 27 to Luke 36. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners accepting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is the kind of, and to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So I battled with that, and I thought, Right, Lord, I'll have to forgive him. I won't find Andrew. I won't go there to take vengeance. And I sent him a, a scripture to say, You're a crook, but God ha- will have his vengeance on you. But the problem is that I still... Was unhappy. And so, for quite a number of days, nights, there was still, well, maybe I'll just go to Melbourne and see if he's in the spa, and, and you know, or, or I'll go into Chatsworth and just go past that house. So I had this whole continuous uh, fight about saying, Yes, Lord, I forgive him, but really, I would like to see him again. Um, uh, and eventually, I, 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 I sent him a scripture, John 3.16. I said, For God so loved the world. Um, and so, it's been a fight. Uh, and it sometimes raises its head again. You know, when money is tight, you think 300 rand is not going to solve the problem. But the, the embarrassment, I think, was the biggest part.
2: Well done, Bob. So we're going to come to the table, and it's on that story, it's the story of God's love for you and I, that uh, before the foundation of the earth, he had you and I in mind. While we were enemies, what did he do? He died for us. What did he do? He forgave us. In the newsletter, what did he do? He, in, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14, he has delivered us from the, from the domain of darkness. So he delivered us out of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. What did you and I do to earn that forgiveness? We didn't do anything. All we had to do was receive them. As many as received him, he gave them the right to be children of God. And so we are forgiven. We are a forgiven people who who, live, who, who, who meet you on a Sunday. We are the, we are the people of God. We are, we are the chosen of God. We are the forgiven people. We are the redeemed people. And so when life happens, and life happens like it happened to Bob, what is our response to, to be? How do we respond? Do we respond with mercy and grace? And then uh, for, for us to respond like that, and that is our challenge, you and I are to respond with mercy and grace. We have to let ourselves be uh, surrounded by God's love. And a tap into His overwhelming love, in a book that I'm I'm reading, and we might do some some teaching on it last uh, next year. This person got asked this question. If I can find it, there I got it. God asked this question: Why did God create you? And He formulated in His mind a couple of good, three good reasons. He thought quickly. He thought to worship. To glorify God and to win the lost. Those are really good answers. But before he could even say it, she made a profound statement that impacted his life. And this is what she said. God didn't create create you to do anything for him. He created you to be the recipient of his overwhelming, extravagant love. Your number one job description is to be loved we need to be loved and god has shown us love at this table he has shown us everything he has blessed us with every good blessing everything we need to live this life he's redeemed us he's forgiven us and it wasn't at a at a cheap price it was at the price of his beloved son jesus went to the cross his death his burial his resurrection purchased your forgiveness and my forgiveness. And so as Bob read that that chapter from, uh, from Luke 6, and we are called to love our enemies. We are called to go, go the extra mile. We are called to be merciful. Even on those who are not merciful. And we can only do that. I can only forgive when I know that I've been forgiven and how freely I receive that. And so that's the exciting news, the good news of, of, this, of this story, that we, we are forgiven. Maybe next week, I'll look at where I was going to go. But in Matthew chapter 18, and you know the story, the guy had been Forgiven this huge debt and it was billions of, it was, somebody's calculated that the the debt was the equivalent of 90 billion rand he got forgiven. And then somebody owed him a small amount of about uh, 16,000 rand and he demanded to be paid. And he didn't forgive him. And the king called this man into the servant, the forgiven, the forgiven servant and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And forgiveness, the forgiveness of God changes your heart and my heart. We have new hearts, and we need to be living in, the, in our in our new identity of who we are in Christ. We need to be living as people who forgive, as people who love, as people who go the extra mile, because that's what the Scripture is saying. He says, "Love your enemy." These the Scripture this, these scriptures are are. are are impossible to do. How can I forgive? I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to, uh, go drive, go with Bob and, and sort that guy out. You know, you go through all those things in your mind and you, and you don't want to forgive, but we have been forgiven. So let us know as we go away from this place today, and we're coming to the table, we go away forgiven, we go away changed. So we're going to go back to this next week and we're going to unpack it a little bit more because I think it's important that we forgive and all of us here have somebody that we need to forgive. We are in the process of doing that Zoe discipleship course and we had the weekend and one of the key elements of that course is forgiveness is forgiving people that have been nasty to you, that have been horrible to you, that have despitefully used you, that have just stabbed you in the back, that you need to forgive them. Because what unforgiveness does to your heart, it's, it's like me, uh, unforgiveness is like me taking poison and hoping that you are going to die. It's never going to happen. In actual fact, what happens is, I die with unforgiveness. And many of the psychos, many of the, the, the psychologists would probably say much of the psychosomatic diseases that are p- present in the world are because of one of these things of, un- and one of them is unforgiveness. The other is guilt. And what a beautiful table this is. Because at this table, your guilt, your shame, your sin is taken away. And to quote Jockey again, this table represents two sides of a coin. The first side of the coin is he takes your sin, Rob's sin, Iyanda's sin, Tembi's sin, Mandy's sin, my sin, on himself. He takes it on himself. And we are forgiven. Isn't that beautiful? And then the other thing is we die with him. So it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. So I can forgive. I can let, let it go. And so next week, I've got a little video clip which I'm going to play and it'll be called, be called let it go, let it go. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you we are a forgiven people. We thank you for Jesus' death, his burial, and most of all, we thank you for his resurrection. We thank you. We thank you today that we come to the table and we come to remember what you did. The freedom that you bought, the freedom that you paid for us. And Lord, forgive me. Forgive us. When we so often don't live in that freedom. So often we revert to walking in the old man. And so I thank you for your resurrection. This table represents resurrection. It represents life. That I'm going to live in the life of Jesus. And let him live in me and through me. I'm going to abide in him. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be a community who lives in love who loves and who walks like Jesus. So we thank you. And I declare that over us. I declare the favor and the blessing of God. So I want you to come to the table. I want you to come to this table of mercy. I want you to come and eat. And I'm going to put some uh, offering baskets uh, on the table as well. So if you can bring your offerings at the same time as you come to, to feed on his body and drink his blood. Amen. Come, church.